Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we welcome you to this special bonus episode where we're covering Apple's Mac event. Uh, This was a super exciting event where Apple announced their new M1 processor, which they're using in their new MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini. I thought this was an exciting event, and I think we should just dive right into it. Uh, Gabe, you want to hit us with your snap reactions after watching this keynote? Yeah, I'm still waiting for the Apple TV. That's it. That's your snap reaction. After everything exciting we just saw today, you want the Apple TV. Yes, I do. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that and one more, one more thing. But apparently there was only one more thing today. And yeah, it was a little disappointing. I guess for Gabe. I think for the rest of the world, it was this was probably the best Apple event of all time. The I reason don't know. I'm going to keep going. Know. You know what? Okay, fine. This was Just so good. Me. What I loved about this one was the presentation. It was a pre-recorded Apple event recorded at Apple Park like they did with their other events this year. And what I loved about it was the presentation and the animations and the graphics of this event were just absolutely spectacular. So when Apple announced the M1 processor, which we'll talk about, it's actually an M1 SoC, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, But when they announced the new computers, the 13-inch MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, they had these beautiful animations of this processor just flying out on the screen and being constructed into these new computers. I was just, I I was blown away. I thought it was phenomenal. My geek enthusiasm was off the charts. I was just, this was incredible for me. Yeah, you know, they say all flash and no dash or I don't know, something, something like that. But it seemed like, yeah, great show, Apple. But they did come up short in a little categories uh, that we'll talk about, I think, with these new computers. Yes, they're, you know, great computers. And if you bought a MacBook or Mac Mini within the past month, two months, even... I would say six months. Six months, yeah. You probably feel pretty silly right now. Granted, don't feel silly. You you have got great use out of that computer. So this is... I have a couple of friends who have bought computers in the past six months. So this is mainly to them. Uh, just saying, you know, hey, it's fine. We all we all do that. I bought a computer, and then a year later, Mac uh, Book Pro 16-inch came out, and they doubled all the specs for the same price. So this is just what Apple does. It's just what the tech world does. You got to get used to it, and you can't just hold out for the latest and greatest forever because then you'll never buy a product. It's so true. It's so true. Uh, yeah, I think we should dive in here. What I'd like to talk about is, first, what is ARM? Just a brief background on that. Uh, then we can dive into Apple's M1 chip, which are actually using the same chip. In it's, it's only one chip. It's kind of like what they've done with the iPhones. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be in all the computers. What the differences are between the computers then, if they're all using the same chip, what are the differences? And then we can uh, kind of end with uh, the types of apps we're seeing with macOS Big Sur and uh, some other additional info that is relevant to this discussion. So first, what is ARM? And it's not like an arm and a leg. It's a computer term. So no. I think is, I think they need to rename it. But that's that's a whole other thing. I know it is an acronym. But. Yep. So it was originally an abbreviation used by Acorn Computers that stood for Acorn RISC Machine, and RISC stands for Reduced Instruction Set Computing. The acronym then changed to Advanced RISC Machine. So that would be an ARM. Um, and now it is currently known or is currently being used by ARM LTD. So this is an actual company. It's a British semiconductor company, and they are licensing out this instruction set 
uh, that uh, to other companies to use in their tech products. And this I, is, I think we got to take a step back even further now to explain to people that if you don't know your computer, yeah, you have the operating system, you know, Mac OS, Base or whatever, whatever it is. If you're on Windows, but within that computer, each piece of hardware is then running its own operating system. That's like, think of it as like onion with layers, right? And you peel back a layer, there's Big Sur, and you've got another layer underneath. That's maybe the boot uh, copy of like the Mac hardware. And then you go another layer, and then that would be like maybe on the old Macs, it'd be like the Intel architecture that they were running on their processors. And you can keep going deeper and deeper. Granted, as you go deeper, it's you know more easy to mess up and it's harder to understand for the average person. But this is really where you get some fundamental changes and really the big breakthroughs come is when you can make changes that are improve the performance down at the base level. Yeah. And uh, kind of going off of that. Exactly. I mean, at the end, you end up with ones and zeros basically is how yeah. the computer world works. Um, so what Apple has done is they have licensed this architecture from ARM to use in their own processors. And instead of just creating a processor, what Apple did is they created a SOC or system on a chip. And they've been doing this with iPhones and iPads for a while now. What this does is it integrates the CPU, the GPU, the memory, Apple's neural engine, and their secure enclave all onto one chip. And this boasts huge performance improvements and more importantly for their laptops, huge power efficiency gains. And that's what's honestly so exciting about this chip. What, wait, I just want to have a question here. Yeah. Isn't it true also, though, that doing this is going to reduce the ability to upgrade, you know, any of these computers with, you know, adding more RAM or something down the road? Granted, most of the laptops you couldn't really upgrade anyways, but it's kind of making it like the iPhones or iPads where that's just the processor you have and you can't do anything about it. Oh, 100%. You can customize the chip on Apple's website when you're con configuring your notebook. However, once that processor, that chip is made, uh, that's it. Like it's one unit, you can't upgrade it or really repair it, you have to replace it. That's the only option. And this is kind of a hit in terms of computer repair and upgradability. However, Apple is sacrificing those attributes for uh, streamlined efficiency and performance. And Such a noble sacrifice from them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, there could be a reasonable debate, especially in more of a desktop landscape. But I think for mobile computing, this is absolutely the right path to go. Potentially. The only thing I was just thinking about is when you're saying that is it seems like they're all kind of going towards the AirPods design of just design it as small and as functional as possible, but not fixable. And you chuck them out because they degrade quickly. Well, I think that's that's more battery, I would say. Technically, but I mean, who knows down the road? I, I mean, that's kind of the same. Like, you have a processor and that breaks. Like, what are you going to do with that? Like, true. You basically check out the old processor and you upgrade it. Now it happens to be that more components are integrated onto the chip. Uh, so it could be more expensive to replace. But I think the kind of repairability of Apple's computers still remains very similar. I mean, everything has been kind of getting embedded onto the logic board. And being... yeah, I guess this is just the final nail in the coffin. Or yeah, so. for sure. Uh, so let, I think we should dive into what this M1 okay, chip yeah. contains. So what are we looking at in terms of the different components? What is this chip packing? So, I mean, you were saying CPU, GPU, and then it has something they're calling the 16-core neural engine. Uh, and 
And also a secure enclave, I think you mentioned, right? Yep. Those were, I'd say, the four largest components. Yeah, there's a couple more. Yeah. But the two things is that the CPU and the GPU, it's up to, I think, eight cores, they're saying? That's correct. Yeah. And so what they're doing, this is actually uh, what I thought interesting. The, the M1 chip includes four high-performance cores and four high-efficiency cores. And the Mac will dynamically switch between these cores depending on what it's working on. Uh, so Gabe, like if you're, uh, what do you do that are like really heavy intensive tasks? Like 4K video and multiple streams with effects on top. Yep. So that's when your Mac is going to be like, okay, we need the performance. We're going to use those high performance cores. And then if you're doing something light like email, iMessage, or making a to-do list, that's when your Mac will use the high efficiency cores. And this uh, has much better battery life and battery performance. And uh, the other aspect to this is the GPU. And this is where you get a lot of the graphics performance. And actually, because the processor only has four high performance cores, I think a lot of the performance of these computers will be coming from the eight core GPU. And what's kind of cool here is typically with integrated graphics, the performance takes a hit because it's you know built in, it's not as good. But what Apple's done with their M1 chip is really bring some excellent graphical performance and power efficiency to their notebook computers, all in their integrated chip design. I'm excited to see this. I mean, they boasted some pretty crazy specs, including two times more graphics performance at a 10 watt power consumption than a competing chip in the PC space and achieving the peak performance of the same PC chip at just a third power consumption. Wasn't this whole... You know, other than transitions and like drone zooms around and stuff like that, the event was basically just them saying 15x times, 13x times, 12x times. It was times, crazy. They were dropping 27 numbers. 27x, 2,000% more, like so many different numbers that they just like overwhelmed you. And you were just like, I guess it's better. I don't even want to look up the numbers because I've heard too many today. I mean, it worked for me. I was actually on Reddit and, you know, they had a great point. They didn't, Apple didn't reveal the specific computer they were comparing everything to or the specific processor so you kind of have to take everything they said with a grain yeah, they of salt. would say the like the pc in its price class or market share yeah like the same category yeah. processor but how who like whose research are they using to define what's category and what's the same price range you know it's really it's so it's so like yeah the little asterisks on those things yeah it is it's so true either way you're getting uh, some great, great improvements uh, for performance with this M1 chip for the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. Now, the other two components here are the 16-core neural engine. This is for machine learning, which includes video analysis. So, Gabe, when you're editing your 4K video, you're applying effects to that. That's where this core is coming into play. Voice recognition and image processing. And you also have the secure enclave, uh, which is basically used for like the Touch ID sensor and for uh, securing and encrypting all the files on your Mac if you choose to while maintaining uh, great performance with that. All right. Now, that's all good, I think. But you mentioned MacBook Air, MacBook Pro. Yeah. And also, we got Mac Mini, right? That's correct. Those are the three laptops getting the M1 chip available yes. today, actually. You can available order today. To pre-order today, shipping on the 17th, I think. And all across the board, huge upgrades on specs, especially battery life. Otherwise, they look exactly the same, pretty much. That's correct. It's the same physical design, and you're just getting basically the battery improvements. And uh, just to give you an example of the battery life gains, 
So the MacBook Air Retina 2020 came out this year, yep. all right? So those poor people who just bought the new MacBook Air, uh, that boasted a battery life up to 12 hours on Apple's website. The new MacBook Air up to 18 hours. Wow, that's 50% gain right there. Right, yeah, that is massive. Actually, isn't it more? It's like 150%. Well, it's, it's, it's a 50% gain. It's 150%. Uh, so oh, improve. I see, improve, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 50, yeah, something like that. I'm not sure that we can, they confuse us with all the different math they were the doing. The 2X, the 3X. Yeah. And for the MacBook Pro 13 inch, went from a 10 hour battery life to a 20 hour battery That's life. That's insane, honestly. Right? Like, it's doubled. Think it's about boom. that. 2X right there. Huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. And they're all pretty much starting at the same prices, I think, right? Exactly the same prices. The MacBook Air starts at $1,000 and the MacBook Pro is $300 more starting at $1,300. And Mac mini, I think is 700, right? 699. Yep. yep. So that's starting prices. It's great that Apple was able to keep those price points. And honestly, behind the scenes, it's probably cheaper for them to be making this chip than it is to be using Intel, right? Yeah, probably even though they're like, maybe not up to speed with processing the, or building the number of chips that they eventually like scalability, right? The more they're building, the cheaper it will be. So eventually it'll be even cheaper. But not having to pay Intel for them and like cutting out that middleman, yeah, it's probably at least cheaper, if not maybe just the same. And because they're using the same processor in all three computers, they can, they're literally reusing it. Like they're almost achieving the volume they want because as before, they had to purchase separate, separate one for each. Exactly. Computer separate model. Intel. That's interesting. Uh, one thing now, if, if people do go out and buy this, which if you've been holding out on getting a new computer, this could be a great time to get it. Uh, you know, granted, there's going to be some issues with the fact that these are just first gens, but there looks like Apple's trying to patch that over as far as like app compatibility with a suite of things that they rolled out. Yeah, this is true. So they actually had um, some great tools in place. First, I think we should talk about the big win here, right? And that is your iPhone and... Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. Okay, that's that's... I think, right? So your yeah. iPhone and iPad apps. I was going to go big win was, I don't know. I didn't have a big win. This is my big win. Your iPhone and iPad apps will run natively on Apple computers using the M1 chip. Is this really something that people want to do? I didn't think I did. And then okay. I thought about it and I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is incredible. What? Give me a use case. Native Twitter app, native TikTok, right? Instead of okay, having to like TikTok, upload, yeah. you just drag and drop on your computer native tiktok experience on your desktop but instagram are, are app, those people going to want them on to run computer. on your computer because i know instagram for the longest time has not wanted things to run it on doesn't matter mobile. if they want it to or not i feel like by they default could. it's just enabled like you just can't right and i think this enables just so many more experiences um like think of all the times where it's just more convenient instead of having to airdrop things back and forth boom everything on your Potentially. computer and will it, it'll sync like your login maybe between different Yeah, I think apps. it will. That would be cool. I'm super excited Okay, I can kind of see that would be cool. I still actually, the whole Instagram thing is throwing up a red flag for me because for the longest time, they really have held back on making it a desktop app. Honestly, any anything besides a phone. Their iPad experience is garbage. Yeah, they, they want experience. you to use it on the phone. That's one thing they've stressed over and over. They do let you now post from Facebook uh, Pages Manager on the desktop computer, but you still can't really like browse and interact that well on the web experience yeah and you know for anyone else kind of concerned about other apps that aren't iphone you know and the compatibility on these new processors 
Apple is announcing, so they have what are called universal apps. And these are apps that developers have specially built for the M1 chip. So there's a native version for both Apple Silicon and a native version for Intel processors. And you're gonna get great performance and great compatibility with both. And there's also Rosetta 2. So if an app developer has not updated their application, Rosetta 2 will automatically uh, basically transcribe the language from the Intel processor format to the Apple Silicon processor format. And Apple's actually saying, uh, so Craig on stage said that thanks to Metal, that some apps are performing better running on Rosetta 2 than they were running on uh, native, than they were running natively on Macs with integrated graphics from Intel. So I think that's crazy. That's, I mean, I would like to see again what this actually meant, like what is better, what apps these were, but that's pretty impressive if that's true. Uh, that, you know, and it, it does kind of make sense because if, if they really built Rosetta 2 to be smart in the way it was converting and translating these soft, the software and the applications, then you could see how it could easily optimize it uh, and, you know, kind of make it into a better format. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of, I mean, I almost want to say, like, that's kind of what's new. I mean, we really just yeah, got... Yeah, the other, the other big announcement, uh, Big Sur. Yeah, that's it. That's coming out Thursday, uh, 11, 12. So that's probably like a day or two from when you're listening to this. And I, again, would stress, as I do every year with any Mac update, potentially wait a week at least to download it because if you do need your laptop or your computer for your work and you know you rely on it a lot, it, it could break some apps potentially. I know Apple has been really good with giving you know developers a long time with this one, but there's always some bugs that they haven't got around to you know or noticed until it rolls out completely. So wait at least a week. I usually wait honestly two months. But I might with Big Sur since there is so many. I mean, when they were going through some of the upgrades that I'd forgotten about since WWDC, I was like, maybe I will upgrade a little sooner this year. I was really excited about it. The design refresh is quite new, I would say. And if you're someone who appreciates the familiarity of your current Mac setup, you may actually want to wait a little bit longer, as Gabe was saying. I mean, the design refresh can kind of throw you for a loop, or it can be really exciting and something fresh and new to dive into. I'm excited for it. I will likely be installing it on my laptop ASAP, probably on my desktop too, because I really only use Apple apps for all of my work, thankfully. Now, did you pre-order any of these? Or are you getting any of these? I'm personally not. My laptop's yeah. only two years old. So I actually pre-ordered. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. I didn't get. You were close. I <laughs> saw it in your eyes. I wanted to so badly. And what has me the most excited about this? The battery improve. I mean, the battery improvements alone make these laptops worth it easily. What's making you hesitate other than the fact like that they're really expensive? I just simply don't need it. That's okay. it. I mean, it's the same price as they were before. And I was thinking of upgrading, but the truth is I don't need it. I will eventually get one. And again, for me, it's the iPhone app compatibility directly on my Mac. And again, like Reddit, I have a really great, like they're great Reddit apps on my iPhone. And I actually find them easier to use even on iPad, easier to use than the desktop Reddit experience. And I would be delighted to have those on my computer. But you can get that anyways on your regular desktop computer, your iMac. Well, the apps aren't available, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like the web browsing version of Reddit. No, I'm, what I'm saying is you'll be able to get that with Big Sur on your... To right? me, it was sounding like it was or exclusive. Or is that only for the M1 Right, process. exactly. Because it's going wow. from Apple Silicon, right? Yeah, okay. That, that makes and, sense. And Apple's 
using Apple Silicon in the iPhone with the A14 Bionic chip. And they're now using the Apple M1 chip in the Mac. So any Mac using Apple M1, boom, you can run your iPhone apps. Uh, but all the other Macs, the Intel-based ones, I currently don't think it's possible. I originally thought I it was remember. a big yeah, server. I thought it was actually because of Big Server. Now you're making me I, remember. I I'm think, not really sure. Yeah, I, think it's I might be confusing be... it and kind of in my head combining the fact that they announced that their M1 chips or their ARM back in July, their ARM uh, chips would be able to run any iPhone app or iPad app. Right, right. That I'm Yeah, that, you might be right actually on that. So that, yeah, potentially one reason to upgrade is if you do want to get those benefits. And, you know, would you think maybe a year from now? I know you just got your iMac a year ago this year, was it? It was one year ago. Last one year, year ago. So, I mean, my general rule with upgrading Apple products in general is don't do it all at once. Do it kind of like, all right, this year I'm going to upgrade my computer, my laptop. A, this is just save money. But also like, all right, upgrade your laptop one year. Then maybe two years later, that's when you get a new phone. And then you get an iPad maybe a year later. Like don't try not to make big Apple purchases or any with any tech purchases uh, too much in the same year because then you, you don't really get all the new tech. All You know, like if there's a huge generational leap in technology, you're going to miss that because you upgraded a year ago. See, I actually disagree with that. Really? Uh, my thinking is... I would want to purchase everything all at once, so I get everything working together beautifully. This is this is uh, this could be an issue purchasing everything right? all at once. Maybe, and then you know use it until you need to upgrade again. Uh, although I will say, often phones you upgrade more because you use the camera more, and there's yeah. that emotional value of capturing pictures of your life that have sentimental value. Um, but in general, like I I do think you know buy everything all at once. It will work and continue to work. Phones up to three years, computers probably five years. See, I think all right. So I was I was mainly saying that like iPad, iPhone, right? Upgrade off years. So iPhone one year, iPad next year. Sure. And then if you have two computers, like you have a laptop and a desktop, upgrade desktop. You know now and then three years later, get a new laptop. That's what I think. Just because, yeah. Then you always have something that's new running fast. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Or to each their, up, to each their own. Upgrade when you need it. Yeah. Right? Now I'm in the boat where I kind of need to just use it until it stops working. Looking looking forward though, what do we have to expect from Apple? Like, do we think we're gonna see more computers using this? Are they just gonna keep it to their laptops and like small desktops? What's the planned future for them? Well, Apple at WWDC this year announced they're con- transitioning all of their Apple computers to Apple Silicon. So yeah. they projected a three-year timeline for this. We just saw their new laptops using Apple Silicon. Uh, it's likely they're going to introduce a 16-inch MacBook Pro with some sort of Apple Silicon in early 2021, I want to say. And it will likely be a couple years for Apple to really ramp up for their desktop class computers. They're known for their mobile chips, what they've been using in iPhones and iPads. Those have been really powerful and battery efficient. Uh, but when you get to that desktop class, you do need uh, some pretty huge performance improvements, especially in the graphical processor. So I think what we're going to see is Apple continue to update their laptops with Apple Silicon. And then in a couple years, they'll start going to uh, have that go into their iMac and their Mac Pro. That's what I think. That seems about right. Uh, it does seem that we're seeing the iPad and Mac. Like it, This is 2010, I remember, when the iPad was first released. They're like, when will it become the Mac? When will they merge? And it still seems like they're still somehow sliding closer together, even though they're like, 
continually getting closer, but they still seems so far apart. It's true, right? Like now the Mac runs iPad apps. iPad has multi, uh, what multi window support. It, how close are like? Do they add a touch screen on the Mac in the future? I would love to see that. Honestly, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's only the next logical step. And then at that point, what's separating? You know, the Mac, is the MacBook just because it has a keyboard built? You know, like that laptop form factor, and iPads because it's a tablet. I don't know. I do think it's exciting future. I really am excited to see what they do when they, you know, bust out the like the iMac Pro or yeah. the Mac Pro. The performance improvements Apple showcased today has me really excited for what they can do with the desktop class uh, chip that they designed. Yeah. I also think we should try and answer some, you know, some common questions for this. Like one more thing, I just want to add. I yeah. do, would like to see them potentially. I know the one chip to rule them all design seems to be what they're going for. But it'd be cool to see like a desktop variant and a laptop variant. Yeah, that's chip. what I'm saying. I think that's what they'll do. You think so? Like oh, a 100%. pro, like a pro one, they'll put in the iMacs and stuff. Exactly. That's exactly. for desktops. It, okay. Like maybe we saw M1 in the laptops. Maybe we'll get M2 in the desktops. Or like an M1Z or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it will be optimized for desktop class computing. Yeah. You won't need the power efficient cores that we have in the octa core processor. We can just have full performance cores all the time but weren't they talking they were talking about power savings like saving energy not maybe just, not maybe. just saving battery like they're talking about somehow this was more green which technically i guess it is but what's the creation process going into that chip as well anyways sure. i got you sidetracked what were you saying yeah so i feel like we should answer questions. some some yeah. common questions quickly where are these performance and optimization improvements coming from and really is this integration of everything onto one chip everything all the components can communicate easily and seamlessly together. And Apple has what they call unified memory architecture, which is basically they're using the same storage format for video decode, GPU and display. So the system doesn't need to copy and translate information between storage formats for the different tasks. Everything is just there and the, instantly the way accessible. I would say to like convert this to or a good metaphor or whatever the word is for this is if you say you had a, like making a factory and you're like building stuff, all right, and that's the chip. Having that factory spread out in a bunch of different countries, you know, you're building parts over here, you're writing down how to build parts over in this country, and then you're having to send it over and that that could take a while. But putting that all in one area in one, you know, 20 acre plot of land, you know, different buildings like that's a lot more fast. That's a lot more efficient. Granted, you know, that's not the getting sidetracked. That's not the trend we see with globalization and stuff. But that's the, you know, for this metaphor, that's the way to do it to save, you know, time, effort, and really just make it more efficient. Exactly. So instead of having a factory in China and Taiwan and the United States, you move all of those factories together and everything is just able to function so much faster. So that is really where we're seeing the improvements in speed, performance, and battery. And I think the next question, right, is yep. all three computers, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini are using the Apple M1 chip. True. So what's the difference? Why would I get a MacBook Pro, which is $300 more than a MacBook Air, or I could even get a MacBook Air with more storage in comparison with a MacBook Pro. I don't know. You stumped me there, actually. Gabe stumped. I'm stumped. Here's my answer. Okay. And Apple lightly touched on this in the presentation. It's thermal throttling and thermal performance. The MacBook Air doesn't have a fan. It's it's just a, it's basically an iPad running Mac OS and a keyboard, right? Yep. And so to achieve that kind of design. Apple needs to throttle the performance of the processor and make sure 
it can, you know, it doesn't overheat. With the MacBook Pro, Apple has a fan, so it can sustain peak performance of that chip for longer durations and get much better performance for things like video and photo editing and higher intensity tasks. And the same thing with the Mac Mini, that actually has a pretty beefy fan in it, and that's where you're gonna get much better performance as well. And the other thing that uh, is kind of different between these is the MacBook Air, the baseline $1,000 MacBook Air. The GPU only has seven cores. So what's happening is during the manufacturing process, there's always a threshold of error, right? And so there's a there's a series of M1 chips where the eighth core of the GPU just doesn't work. Doesn't it, quite, right? It wasn't good enough quality. And so to work, yeah. instead of tossing it, Apple is literally putting that in their MacBook Air, and, and this helps selling them. it to you. Exactly, it saves cost, and you're probably still getting a great machine. Like I doubt anyone would notice that. Um, it was wasn't this what they did with their what was it the A13 chip to the A? It was the iPad. Yeah. So I think it was the A13. Z or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they like they had this step up in chip from one or from iPad one iPad to the other, and it wasn't really a new chip. It was basically they just made their manufacturing process slightly better so that instead of getting seven usable cores or virtual usable cores on the GPU, they're actually getting eight now. Exactly. So I, that's basically the same yeah. thing here. Honestly, if I was getting one, I think MacBook Air is going to be a very compelling option for a lot of people starting at $1,000 and the student discount bringing that down to just $900. Uh, but honestly, the MacBook Pro, I think for the, you know, it is an extra $300, but you're getting that sustained peak performance and it's only, I think, 0.2 pounds heavier. So not really a huge difference in portability. That's probably what I would go for in terms of- You don't of, think the Mac mini with an XDR display? <laughs> uh, that's yeah. what Apple thought people should do. I <laughs> know, that was so funny during the keynote. Yeah, all of these laptops, work with our $5,000 Pro Display XDR. I mean, that's if I'm buying like a Mac Mini or a Mac Air, MacBook Air, I'm, you know, those are budget computers, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I should spend $5,000 on a display potentially. Yeah. That's as, as is everyone. Exactly. Yeah. I think the other few things to note here, uh, the M1 chip is limited currently to only 16 gigs of memory, right? And the Intel chips can go up to 32. So that's kind of an interesting difference. Uh, Peak storage options are capped at two terabytes for all the laptops. So the configuration options are basically eight gigs of memory or 16 gigs of memory, and then the baseline storage up to two terabytes of storage. And that's it. Like those are all the options for configuring the MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini that I saw at least. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, there. So potentially there's the more arguments to wait for the second generation, is what yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you can get up to 32 or 64 gigs of memory, I think. Though that could it, be does, huge. it does make me wonder are they kind of doing what they do with the iPhone line and just super simplifying the options? That could be as well. And they could also try and enter uh, more of a regular release schedule with these laptops potentially. Yeah. I could see I that. I mean, the design is very well refined. I don't think they need to make huge improvements anywhere. I mean, I think even the FaceTime camera is pretty rock solid at this point. Right, Gabe? Yeah, that's. The, <laughs> let's just finish this up. We're not. The 720p is not cutting it in. Interest, interestingly, they did announce improvements to the dynamic range of the camera. And this, that, this scares me because it makes me think that they're trying to do what they've done with the iPhone camera, which I guess was successful, so I shouldn't be scared, but basically using a lower resolution sensor than most people and just focusing on image quality improvements or doing like Google and focusing on the algorithm and the software 
because they were mentioning yeah like iso like noise reduction and all this stuff but i'm sorry like i know like okay once you get to 12 megapixels or so you're good but they're right now using a 2.1 megapixel sensor i think that's what 720p is or it might even be 1.8 megapixel sensor and to go to 1080p it's only like a 2.4 megapixel sensor so the increase is so small but you're almost it's you're going from 1280 by 720 to 1920 by 1080 it's a huge increase come on apple what are we doing it's 2020 and you still have 720p uh cameras in your laptops yeah logitech is thrilled with this they're gonna sell oh, maybe the, yeah that, that's a conspiracy right yeah. way more webcams exactly well but- that, that's pretty much it though yeah that was the last apple event for 2020 and i guess it was all right for me i would give it a you know as far as production value yeah it's up there they have perfected this new not live but live model and i'd give it a eight on that scale as far as what we saw i would give it a six x better than my expectations but two x worse afterwards gabe i like using those x's i would it was off the charts for me i thought turning point for apple greatest (laughs) keynote presentation of the year best one i've seen in a while i am so excited i wish i needed a laptop I might even just, he just say I need a laptop. His laptop out the window. Yeah. Oh, Oops. shucks, oh, I need gone. a laptop. You know what? Oh, I think it's actually, you know what? It's, yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait to actually have a reason to buy one of these. Um, yeah, that's going to be it for this episode of the Pinch the Zoom podcast. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend and rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us at Pinch the Zoom Pod on Twitter, at Pinch the Zoom Podcast on Instagram. And before we get out of here, Gabe, we have a special announcement. What are we doing on Patreon that people can find and get access to? Yeah, we're going to be having more bonus episodes and not just for events. We're going to be doing our best of 2020 in tech episodes with cameras, phones, drones, smart homes, everything in between. Uh, Check us out on Patreon if you want to get early access to those. Otherwise, you're going to be having to wait towards the end of November and into December. But still keep an eye out for those every Saturday and also check us out on Patreon. Thank you so much. That's going to be it for this episode. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we look forward to talking to you in the next one. Airplay is everywhere. Why do you need an Apple TV? Give me one good reason. You have that on your phone. Next. No, because they're saying you play it on your TV. Well, now you play it on your Mac. Okay, next. No, the TV. Gabe. TV. Get out of here. TV. TV, TV, a whole crowd just comes out outside. (laughs) TV, TV. Oh my God, where did all these people come from?